0: They straighten up now. And it's Man of Peace just in front of Prime Star who joins him. Then shout the bar, Force. And McDonald says, go on, Zaki. Down the middle of the track. And Zaki shot to the front and kicked away in the tramway from Dreamforce. Prime star, Arameo late on the scene, but he basically picks up where he left off in Brisbane. This is a demolition demolition job in the tramway. Eased him down, Zaki, to win it by two lengths to Arameo. Star of the Seas third. Then came Rock from Shouth, the bar all same Eve Dreamforce pulled hard in the runner from Lions Roar and a prime star weakened out. Well, as Darren Flindell said, and quite succinctly as well, he picked up where... He left off. He was great during the uh, the winter here, of course, with the Hollandale, the Doom and Cup, and then the Q22. And yesterday, an, expe- an expected victory, but uh, nevertheless a very impressive one.
1: Well, absolutely. And you know what I loved about that uh, win, too? I mean, people down south pot the Queensland Winter Carnival form, don't they? And, and in the last few weeks, we've seen Private Eye win in magnificent fashion and win nicely, and now Zaki, just round them up and do that. I mean, for people pawning the Queen Queensland a carnival form, you can stick that in your pipe and smoke it, I reckon.
0: Yeah, and come next Saturday, incentivise back and converge resumes in the, uh, in the run of the rows. They were two other major stars, so we'll be watching that intently. Zaki actually jumped well. He looked though like he was going to be caught three wide, and then a space appeared, and uh, McDonald was able to slot him in. He had a good run in transit, but, oh, it was the arrogance with, with which he won. I'm sure this lady will be more than happy to talk about Zaki's superiority. Annabelle Nisham, always uh, very obliging with us on past the Post. Annabelle, good morning.
2: Morning, guys. How are you?
0: Very well. I'm sure you are as well. We we're just talking about Zaki yesterday, and that easing down by J Mack over the last 50 metres uh, was something to, to behold.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, he was pretty dominant. Um, yeah, obviously a little bit nervous, um, as you always are, when they're resuming the sort of high course, I suppose. But um, actually in the run, I was pretty relaxed. I thought James did a great job to get him in a, a lovely spot, and he never really looked at that.
1: Annabelle, there's always narcs overseas and, uh, you know, they have been recently as well saying, oh, gee whiz, this horse wasn't much overseas. Uh, gee whiz, it's improved lengths in Australia. Do you think this horse has improved lengths? I mean, is there something, um, you know, something you've been able to do just just to get the very best out of this horse or was he always this sort of horse that, that you felt could do something like this?
2: Well, he was a genuine group two, sort of group two slash three horse over there. He held the track record over an, a mile at Epsom, so he was pretty handy over there. But he's, I suppose he has gone to another level. But I don't think he needed to improve a whole lot off his best form there to to make it as a really good horse. I just think he, I think he just loves the. You know, it's very different training a horse in Australia to training a horse in the UK. And I think he must just, he obviously just thrives in in the environment here and and the training style of Australia. I'm sure vice versa, you'll get some horses that would improve over there. Um, And, you know, again, you get get other horses that are are probably better performed than him over there that don't perform well here. They just don't adapt. So I think the main thing is he's just taken to it like a duck to water. This horse is giving
0: you an absolutely awesome ride, but he's giving you a few butterflies in the stomach as well. You mentioned yesterday a few nerves before the race, and, and I get that because a horse of such high profile and such boom on him... Uh, You're on the kicking to nothing, aren't you, when he raises first up?
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I was actually quite relaxed yesterday. I was was surprised. And um, I think it's because I knew, sort of, win, lose or draw, I knew he was going to run well and hit the line well. um, But I probably didn't expect such a dominant display, to be honest, first up. Um, He's obviously carried over quite a bit of residual fitness from his his Brisbane campaign, but... uh, yeah, it was just thrilling to watch and, and uh, I suppose, yeah, a big relief and you know, I'm just so lucky to have him. Um it's yeah, it's pretty surreal that in my first year of training I, I landed a horse like him and um he's sort of come out of the out of the woodwork, I suppose you could say.
1: I've heard you talk Annabelle about some of the little quirks and and things he's got. I mean, he, he seems relatively straightforward on on race day, but there, there must. Does he give you a little bit not of, not trouble, but is is there? Can you can you tell the listeners just the, the the zaki you see behind the scenes that 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 is a little bit quirky and a bit different?
2: Yeah, I mean, he he is straightforward, but he's you know he can have a bit of a buck. Um, and coming off the track, he can. He can spin around, and Raphael, who rides him every day, he knows him inside out, and he's always got his got, got his finger in the neck strap, because uh, you know he he's so quick to move um, when he wants to spook. But that's probably his his main quirk. But he he certainly, I think he's got more of a presence about himself. It's like he knows he's good here. Um, and he does strut around. I think James said he'd like he struts around like King Kong yesterday, <laughs> and um, and that's such a good analogy of him because he he knows he's uh, he knows he's a good horse. The way he marches around and and uh, you know, I had I have two handlers on him in the yard. He probably didn't need it yesterday, but when you leg when you leg uh, the riders on the jockeys on, he can sometimes lash out. It's not nasty. It's just freshness. He actually he was got pretty close to my head when I. When I legged Raf on at the trials, um, it took three goes to get him on because he was just trying to explode every time I went to leg him on. So he's he's quirky in that way, but um, it's nice. You know, an older horse like that, it's nice when they're um, still enthusiastic.
0: The grand final is, uh, of course, obvious. The Cogs played. Now, just reading the post-race reports, uh, you were undecided whether you'd go to the George Main or maybe the Underwood at now. That's an 1800 metre race at the the end of the month. Uh, are you any clearer in your thoughts this morning on that?
2: Um, not really. We'll work that out tomorrow. Um, it's. I, I probably would rather go to the Underwood. I like, he's going to have to have three weeks between runs at some stage um, and I'd like to do it at the start of the campaign but just depends on logistics because if I could um, get staff into quarantine down there mm. which is what we're trying to work on um, that would certainly make Life easier and it'd probably make my decision for me. But if not, you know he's got the George Main there as an option. I don't think it really matters which he goes to. It's, it's uh, obviously, you know he's going to be really competitive and, and hopefully hard to beat wherever he goes. But it's still just about uh, being a stepping stone towards his grand final. At, at what
1: point, Annabelle, do you lock in a Melbourne-based jockey to to ride him potentially in the Underwood, but certainly? The Cox plate, because I mean, James McDonald yesterday said he was going to do everything to try and get there, but that would seem uh, roughly four billion to one at the moment with the COVID situation. I mean, you just about have to swim across the Murray River uh, to, to, to sort of be any chance. So, I mean, the, you know, it, it looks for all intents and purposes like you're going to need a Melbourne jockey. So, at what point do you make that call? At what point do you sort of, you know, say, righty out, we've got to lock someone in? Yeah, um, well,
2: Craig Williams will ride him in the Underwood if he goes there. Um, I haven't locked anyone in beyond that. He's, he's. Uh, look, I know a lot of people are locking in jockeys, but I suppose we're just hoping there's a small glimmer of hope. It's still a long way to the Cox Plate, you know. Whether the landscape changes and they seem to be able to get AFL players around the place, so whether uh, we can stretch that to jockeys, I don't know. But we'll be we'll be trying. Um, but look, if not, um, I'm sure Craig will be trying to put his hand up to to ride him beyond the underwood he's a very experienced rider he's won a couple of cox plates before and is great under pressure so um there are plenty of of jockeys holding their hand up and um i'm sure they'll continue to do so it's amazing how you become popular with jockey agents when you've got a horse like this <laughs>
0: you and you make a very good point that this covid situation it does change day by day and the cox plate is still a a fair way away, relatively speaking. I just want to go back to the the winter carnival. And, of course, the high mark was the Dooman Cup win, you know, a seven-length margin and ease down. When he went to the Q22, and you weren't always certain you were going to go there, but in the end you did. The money was good and and he won. Did you expect a more dominant performance that day?
2: Um, Probably not. The distance worried me a little bit. I thought he might be vulnerable (laughs) um, over the extended... Distance, but I did just think class would probably carry him to the win, and it was probably the you know the lure of the prize money mm. and the fact that the horse was in good shape that that we did run him. James said he didn't feel as brilliant as he had done. Um, he'd probably just come to the end of it, to be honest. He'd, he'd done a fair bit of racing last prep, um, but you know he still won pretty comfortably yes. um, over probably an unsuitable distance. I think that probably is stretching him a little far.
0: Where do we see Malaga next?
2: He probably goes to the Maccabi Diva. Um, we've got Jai McNeil booked for him there, so we'll be an acceptor. And If we're happy with him, he, he worked reverse way yesterday um, and was very good. If we're happy with him um, through the week next week, then then he may head down to, to Flemington. I think he'll love that big track, long straight. Um, again, he's still got the option of the George Main as well, if for whatever reason we didn't like the look of the, the Maccabi Diva, but... Um, just keen to keep all options open with him. He's, you know, he's a very versatile horse as well, and he could go to a Coxplate or a or a golden eagle. Probably favouring the latter at this stage, but um, it'll be good to to give him a run Melbourne way if we can next weekend, which will just you know keep keep all doors open.
1: The most important question of the lot to finish, Annabelle. Did you have any of those uh, home delivered margaritas like you last night, like you did when <laughs> uh, when the <my> <laughs> won the Group One? Was there anything anything on that front you can report?
2: Yeah, I might
0: be a little bit guilty of having had a couple of mugs. Outstanding. You deserve it. Hey, thanks for your time this morning. Looks like it's a, a good spring ahead. If yesterday's any indication, it's going to be, and we'll keep in touch during the next few months.
2: Thanks, guys.